listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's UFC After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's UFC After Show. Hello and welcome to UFC After Buzz TV. George Armosa is not going to mess up my intro today. We are here to talk about uh, uh, two, two. We did it again. Really exciting <laughs> UFC right. shows this week. One was a weekday fight in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was Cerrone versus Miller, and the other one was just a few days ago was McGregor versus Brandao in Dublin, Ireland, which is arguably one of the biggest UFC crowds in history. You said it was the loudest in history. Do we have officially? Like, I think it was like at a hundred and one decibels. A hundred and one decibels in it, Dublin, Ireland. It Those went Irish, to eleven. The, yeah. crazy. the arena literally has no roof. Yeah, Conor McGregor yeah. blew the roof that's, out of that, that place. That is what they said. It has no roof. I've heard this joke before. I think uh, Joe Rogan made it. Anyway, I am Dari Baronado. This is George Armosa and Jay Tan. We are nope. joined with an extra special guest today, Alan Jabon. He is a so. Was that was that okay? Almost. He is a, a SoCal local, uh, a fighter who has just been recently signed to the UFC. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but first, let's get to these fights. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's start off with the uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey card. It was in my hometown. Never and heard of it. it was for J-Day. J- International J-Day, July 16th. Um, thanks for all the presents out there to the fans. Appreciate it. It was both George and Jay's birthday on Wednesday, and they think that Donald Cerrone and we Jim know. Miller fought for them. We know that that's the case. I mean, why else would you do anything on a Wednesday? Why else would you do a UFC on a Wednesday? Of course. I'm no. still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, this uh, it was kind of an interesting return to their uh, to their form from earlier this year when they were doing these Wednesday night uh, shows. Right. And um, you know, I, I think they they never close the door. You know, never say never. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see these from time to time again. But, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's, only it's hard to draw a crowd on a weekday, but mm-hmm. it wasn't too bad of a crowd. It was a hell of a, um, hell of a card, too. Everyone wants to go see the Cowboy, and Jim Miller is a New Jersey native, mm-hmm. so, of course, he brought some locals with him. They delivered. Unfortunately, he didn't win, but, you know, he went out there and tried, and his boys were there to support him. Uh, we had, let's start off the card at the bottom. We had uh, Lucas Martins versus Alex White. Martins won by TKO in round uh, three, three. Mm-hmm. two minutes and 52 seconds in. Uh, then we had John Lineker and, ready? Albtekin Os- Oslich. Oskilich. Os- no. Oh, no. You messed up. Okay. I li- no, it's Oslich. I think. All right. Oskilich. We'll go with that. Uh, Lineker won TKO nine seconds into round three. Mm-hmm. That was a cool one. Did you watch that? That was, well, did I watch it? It's our job. Gotta watch that. Um, yeah. It was a, that was a really interesting fight. Ten minutes ago. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Lineker uh, further established himself in the uh, flyweight division, finally uh, making weight and not having a problem. There's a lot of questions going in, you know, regarding uh, him being able to make weight at 25 right. and, and being able to be able to hold his own uh, cardio-wise into right. it and certainly uh, answered all those questions Definitely. there. 
and uh, we had a uh, Justin Salas versus Joe Proctor. Mm-hmm. Proctor won by TKO in round two, a minute and thirty-three in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had Rick Story and Leonardo Mafra. Story won by submission in round two, two minutes and forty-eight seconds in. Yep, nice triangle choke. Now yeah. let's get to side the choke. Good I'm ones. sorry. Yeah, it was a good choke. We had Edson Barbosa and Evan Dunham. It was a lightweight fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I was super excited about this one. I love Barbosa's kicks, and that last one was yeah. potent. Yeah, and, and clearly that was that was going to be a match really uh, fun to watch. There was you know going to be a lot of uh, a lot of trading. Great skill there, definitely. And uh, Barbosa um, just uh, j- just landed it well. Did not didn't have a problem with uh, uh, with with Evan. Right, um, he just came off a loss to Cerrone. Yeah, mm-hmm. Barbosa just lost to Donald Cerrone. So I think he was definitely coming in the cage with, uh, yeah, you know, landed that uh, uh, landed that shot to the liver, mm-hmm. just uh, just kind of grazing with his toes. It, it seemed like, yeah, it didn't but, it didn't uh, even it was, fully land. Imagine if that would have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was enough to to double over mm-hmm. uh, Evan Dunham, and then uh, Barbosa followed up with rights for the TKO finish. Yeah, they I'm, pulled him off as soon as he hit the yeah, ground. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Barbosa, I think, is fourteen and two now. Yep. I mean, the guys. His record, I think, speaks for itself. There's two losses. I mean, yes, he lost to Cerrone. Um, he lost to Varner. Both great guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, no shame in losing to any of those two guys. I think he's ready for like a top five, maybe even top seven, top mm-hmm. eight guy. Definitely. Um, he's definitely up there. I mean, I think he trains with Jose Aldo at times. I know he's got that Brazilian. Novo and Yao. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the, uh, they wanted, they want to get him there. I think it was just a matter of, you know, um, kind of turning things around and, and getting that, that win streak, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, they were building him for a while. Till he uh, ended up with Cerrone there. Yeah, it's a good weight class too. It's a certain amount of proving yourself until you get those big fights. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think Barbosa is at that point where he's. They're like, okay, now we can give him the good guys. I mean, he faced Evan Dunham. Didn't Dunham just come off? Uh, he fought Cerrone not so far back, right? Yeah, but he he lost. He I think lost. I think this is Dunham's third loss in a row. Yeah, he so. he hasn't been doing so hot. So maybe we'll see some shifts in the rankings. Did you get to watch the fights over the weekend? I did watch your fight. It was an exciting card. Um, that fight in particular, uh, the uh, Donald Cerrone fight, Evan mm-hmm. Dunham. Um, Donald, man, he's just a. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Don, Donald. Donald and uh, Jim Miller. Jim Donald Miller. and Jim Miller. Excuse me. Um, uh, Donald was crazy. Uh, the one we were just talking about, the uh, Edson Bar- Barbosa Barbosa fight with the with the body kick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got crazy kicks, man. He's a scary guy to go against. They, they were saying during powerful. the broadcast that. He was having trouble finding sparring partners because he injured he yeah. like seven of them. Yeah. Seven, seven sparring partners. That's I mean, insane. that's crazy when you're yeah. injuring that many guys. So yeah, yeah, I mean, if you guys get a chance, YouTube uh, Edson Barboza kick Terry Edom. All you mm-hmm. gotta say is "Holy cow, that's I, a knockout!" Yeah. I think that it's in every UFC highlight video that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Every UFC commercial you see, every pay per view commercial you see, usually in the highlight reel is that kick. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome kick. Uh, his kick, though, it's like. It wasn't a traditional uh, MMA-style kick that we see, like, where it just comes so loose off the hips. Mm-hmm. You really saw the switch in his hips. You were like, holy crap, that hurt. Yeah. You know, a lot of them you see, you're like, oh, it didn't look like it hurt too bad. And then you see the <laughs> red on the thigh and the bruising. You're like, okay, it was a good kick. This one was like, you saw the power behind the kick. There was yeah. no question about it. Well, he uses his, his reach and his length so yeah, well. Yeah, that's, you know, that's with another those legs. point. Um, um, then we had Donald Cerrone and Jim Miller, obviously. Another lightweight match. Dana um, White's favorite fighter, I think. Donald Cerrone. That's what we were saying in the trailer. Because he takes every fight, right? Yeah. He doesn't even word, he doesn't even know the, the word no when it comes to, hey, right. you want to fight? It's like, yep, okay, absolutely. I think his goal was to try, try to fight six times this year. Right. He's, already at, yeah. he's already at four. Yeah. We yeah. Were to- you asked happen. me in the trailer, you're like, what's a lot of fights 
in one year for a fighter? Like, what's what's a safe amount? Why don't we ask Alan? What do you think, like, a good amount of fights in one year is? What's too many? I mean, if you go four fights in one year, that's a pretty solid year. I mean, that's a right. normal, yes. an average year. Okay. Six fights is what he's trying to get at that level. Six fights is... That's is, insane. That's It's insane. If you think about it, at the pro level, a camp typically is about two months, right? right. Six weeks, two so it's months. Like, where do you... F- you know, so span that out. Six fights one year, that is fight next the following Monday, two days later, right. you're back at the gym going for the next Definitely. guy. Yeah, and chances are you probably don't have a, a bout agreement signed or a contract. Right. You know? And we know um, Donald but, Cerrone likes his chewing tobacco and his Budweiser's mm-hmm. after the fights. Yeah, and, and his extreme sports. Yes. His dirt bike it, yeah. and all that well, stuff. Well, maybe yeah. he's not Dana White's favorite fighter because Dana White hated well, that's the that side, he yeah. uh, was into extreme sports. Always Very risking smooth. his health there and yeah. bones and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even thinking of like a monetary value, not that it's just about the money, but if you think, I think 2011, he fought five times. For all those fights, he got some kind of bonus. Mm-hmm. So it is kind wow. of like incentive. It's like, right. oh, not just getting his purse, but also getting that fi- that extra 50000 right, right. for fight of the night, submission of the night. So yeah, I mean, the guy, he must be his favorite as far as money, as far as performance. Yeah. I mean, the guy always lives. I've never seen that guy in a boring fight. Yeah. Ever. We're He's one seeing, of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, you know, taking a, a quick peek over at your uh, your cheat sheet here, you know, we're seeing another rise of Cerrone. It looks looks like a couple of years ago, back in the early uh, UFC 120s and 130s, you know, he had amassed a really nice uh, win streak going on there. Yeah. And, you know, that's going on right now. He's uh, on a four-fight win streak. Right. And I, I think this is going to be the time that we see, uh, that we see Donald... I don't want to say rise to the occasion because he's been to the occasion. You know, it's he's his at the time. Show. It's his yeah, prime. This, this is his time again, yep. shall we say? You know, I agree. I, yeah. I think it shows that he, he kind of he has something figured out mentally in the game. Um, because not only six fights in one year, just just brutal on the body, like Jay yeah. was saying, with the camps two months long and then a fight and then that gives you right. like a week off and then you're right back into it. But mentally, to to get up every morning and say I'm gonna go 100 percent today, and then the afternoon training session go 100 percent, and like just doing that day in and day mm-hmm. out, it's just so grueling. And then they go and they get in another fight. So do that six times in a row. He's obviously at a comfortable spot in his life right now and fighting yeah. in, right. in the camp where he, I think he has everything figured out. His camp is situated, everything figured out, and he's real confident. Right. He's calling out anybody. So it just shows not only physically is he able to stand up to the test, but uh, mentally he's mentally, very strong. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, we see people like Ronda Rousey. She's taken a lot of fights <laughs> in the past year. Yeah. Mentally strong. Mentally strong. Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius mentally Johnson, strong. yep. I know we talked about it before, but literally like I think a day later – he already had the next fight coming up. Yeah, you said. Yeah, you told me. I was like, already. It just yeah. happened. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, not funny, but you know, he was already scheduled to fight Khabib. He got injured. Right. What's his last name? Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. And then literally twenty minutes later, Khabib got hurt. Right. I think he tore his ACL. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, that's that kind of stinks. But uh, I mean, I don't know who else that Cerrone can fight. You look at the rankings. I mean, they, most of the guys are either have a fight coming up. The only thing that logically makes sense is maybe the winner of next week's Josh Thompson, Bobby Green. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, to get Cerrone. I don't want to see him go fight somebody super down in the rankings, but still somebody that can be relevant. Yeah. You know? I feel like if he, he would fight the winner, it would be Josh Thompson. And it might that might just be a let's keep you busy fight, mm-hmm. considering you want six fights in one year. Yeah. Considering know. he wants to fight. I mean, right. the guy wants to fight. So how do you say no to that? Right. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. I wouldn't say that's, that's just one to keep him busy. Josh Thompson's not a placeholder. No, yeah. he, I mean, he's ranked Cerrone. number three. Yeah. So he's obviously a not a placeholder. But a... And I also wouldn't overlook Bobby Green. That Absolutely. Guy. Right. Yeah, I, I watched him coming up on the, on the scene here in SoCal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, uh, and he's on, on a fast rise in the UFC. Yeah. And he's he's one of these guys that uh, it's hard to kind of 
tell what he does well until you get into the cage with him. And he just yeah. has this like kind of push forward, um, almost kind of isn't scared of you kind of mentality. He just gets there and kind of yeah. gets in your face. He steps right into range and pushes, pushes, pushes. And he goes against guys who are supposed to be submission experts and he submits them. And he goes against guys mm-hmm. who are high level strikers and he knocks them out. So yeah. Don't don't sleep yeah. on Bobby Green. The, guy, okay. the guy's got yeah. seven wins in a row, dating back to Strike Force days. So he is undefeated in the UFC. Wow, that's okay. one of the nice benefits. Come to think of it, really, in this influx of shows that we have, we're constantly talking about how many different shows, and it, it's too hard to keep track of all these guys, and you forget uh, you, you forget matches, and you don't know guys' names, and then you go, oh snap. What the hell is it? What about this him? guy come yeah. from? You know, yeah. um, which is kind of fun for a lot of fans, and uh, probably makes it really tough for fighters, you know, to to try and keep these guys on track. Although you were talking about how you're 170 at this this day and age, you know, you're only scoping the one, 170 pounders. Yeah. You can only fo- focus on one weight class, right? Yeah, yeah there's enough fights right now. Uh, Dana's bringing us a lot of fights to watch. So yeah, I got my homework ready. You know, yeah. just watching the welterweight division, much less every other division. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you have guys hopping divisions, going up and down. That's Cerrone being one. Well. That, after yeah. his fight, he did say, you know, any 55ers want to step up, I welcome the challenge or 70. So I don't yeah. know if he was just confident at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, right. going the adrenaline. But I mean, he's calling out other world, other weight classes as well. That sh- uh, that shows where his yeah. confidence. Honestly, level is at. considering like Definitely. depending on how the fight goes next week, I wouldn't be surprised if going up to welterweight, maybe even dropping down to featherweight, just so just for a fight. You think so? Doesn't wouldn't surprise Cerrone? me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. The guy wants to fight. How do you, like I said? How do you say no right. to that? No, I agree. And Dana White's not one to say no to that. Yeah, and plus he's like a, he's, he's well. not he's not exactly like a lower card guy. He is like a he literally he was a main eventer. He, no, absolutely. He's I, one of the top every guys. Every time I watch Donald Cerrone fight, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I love watching him fight, and I also think he brings such a great character. He's obviously the cowboy, you know, <laughs> he's Southern one of American stars. man. He's a total package. Yeah, he's definitely. got it. Yeah, definitely on his rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he fought Jim Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about his last fight. Uh, Jim had some great elbows in the first round that I, I was like, okay, this is this is a good even mm-hmm. fight. Um, great leg kicks by Cerrone, obviously, and then that yeah, front that, kick to the liver for the body shot. Yeah, yeah, they stopped it because they thought it was a groin kick, I guess. Right, and, and then the replay it looked like it, it just got right above uh, above the belt line. Right, you know, but and he was just in pain. It's funny because he fell like you would, you know, like guys do when they get kicked in the groin. That really like yeah dramatic moment, and it was just because it was such a good. I'm sure no the, matter what, I'm sure it hurt like oh, hell. Oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> you know, and I, there was no way that Miller was recovered after that. No. He tried. I no. mean, you can tell even the way his stance was, he's kind of like, you know, just trying to block the, the body and just, yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. there, there was no way he was going to recover that. Definitely. He, he hit him with, uh, like the toe or, right. or the, yeah. or the, or the, uh, the instep part. And, uh, that's the thing that guys are doing at my gym over at Black House. Um, Machida and a lot of guys like that do that to you and, and it sucks it hurts like hell it's like just mm. going instead of kicking with the shin which hurts like hell I mean you just go right towards the, the organ and it's so, a different kind of pain pushing right? a button yeah. yeah I mean you're just targeting that one organ so it yeah. sucks But it, and, and, and when you look at it it's pretty cool because Deron, yeah. Cerrone like you said he beat him with, it, was, it wasn't a lower uh, um a, a low, low blow. Low. It was a real shot. So yeah. um, he actually beat him twice. I mean, it's yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> it's true. That's there what we said. That. We were like, what if Jim Miller had come back after that couple second break and you know would have won? It would have been really right. Unfair. Cerrone wasn't complaining or anything. He no. just kind of said, "Let's go," and Let's he beat go. him again. So it just yeah, yeah. just props shows. to him, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Stuff happens in a fight. And you you just never keep going. Yeah, and you never want it to end at a moment where it could be questionable. You know, these guys go to decision and you know they get results they don't like. And Dana White says, "Well, you should have finished the fight." We've talked about this a lot on the show, and it's like. Go in there and finish it, and it's no one else's business. 
The more Correct. that you implement your own game plan, the less you got to worry about the other guy's exactly. game plan. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Or the judge's game plan or the Shout referee's game plan. Shout out to Matt Hume for that little nugget of uh, knowledge there. Oh, was that a quote or was that just, Oh, yeah. From yeah? the wizard himself. All right. <laughs> so let's jump over to our other card. Yeah. We jumping over to the other Dublin, side of the Dublin, Ireland. I was watching, I was telling you, I was watching Forrest Griffin. Y'all. He was doing a little pre-fight interview in Ireland. It was mm-hmm. extremely hilarious. If you didn't see it, go back and watch Forrest Griffin. Um, um, fight Pass? Uh, no, I was watching it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Just some like random <laughs> videos they posted. And Although Fight I'm Pass. sure you can find it on I'm Fight sure Pass. I'm sure you can find it on Fight Pass. Which is available at UFC.com, nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> log in. Check it out. Um, you can use George Armosa's login. That's what <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Dublin, Ireland. I thought the Italian were really expressive and loving. Mm-hmm. The Irish are extremely That's because they're all drunk. <laughs> that might hey, be true. I am too. That might... Oh, God. I'm not. I saw. In the, I, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about what's in there. It looked yeah. like a dark stout. You can so. smell it from here. <laughs> but um, no. But the Irish was extremely, extremely excited for yeah. this fight. They had a lot of locals fighting. Um, uh, they say, you know, Gunnar Nelson. He's basically an adopted Irish. <laughs> he's from Iceland, be, but yep. he calls uh, Ireland his second home. So he was a huge crowd favorite, and of course Conor McGregor. Yep. He went out there. You should have seen. Uh, the fans going crazy for him. Did you see when the camera went on him when he was walking out through the... Yeah, they were... And, and walking back as well, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, fans were, were reaching out for mm-hmm. him. He was kind of having the cower and stuff. Yep. It was I, a Brazil moment. It took me back yep. to those big, big cards in Brazil that we've yep. seen in the past. And it's like, wow, it can happen in another country. It's yeah. funny because like, his last fight, I don't know if you remember, was in Boston. Boston being really big mm-hmm. on Irish, Irish country, and the guy South. got a huge reception there too. Right. So just imagine him going back to Ireland. Just imagine the ovation he would have got. Right. And oh my God, that place so was crazy. So is it crazy. the Irish that's the trend, or is it Conor McGregor? A little bit well, of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've got a star. He knows how to be a star. They yeah. know that they've got one. Yeah. Package him well. Definitely. And, uh, a lot of it's hype. Places. A lot of it's hype. I'll get into that in, in, in a little bit when we go over the fight. But yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's yeah. him. It's the Irish. It's it's, you know, they have their guy now. I mean, I don't think yeah. really think they had a guy before. This is their guy. I, I don't know that he's going to do so do uh, as well fan wise when you go to like uh, Anchorage, Alaska, <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> Wait till he goes to Brazil, uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brazil will be an interesting. Just, one. I mean, he just we'll talk about how he demolished uh, Diego Brandao, but it was. Mm-hmm. It was bad. So I think when he goes to Brazil, he's going to have a nice welcoming. Uh, but let's start off at the bottom of the card. We have Nikita Krylov and Corey Donovan. Uh, Nikita Krylov won by, it was ground and pound, uh, round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Park and Nayuki Katani. Mm-hmm. Uh, Park won via TKO a minute and 18 seconds into round two. Then we had Brad Pickett and Ian McCall. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this one. Uh, these guys are were so fun to watch. I don't know why I love the lighter guy. Is I that think... your AT, ATT uh, lineage coming out there? Why? Brad Pickett? Oh, no, 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 no. No, because no, he lost. But I. <laughs> but he... you still stand by your man. Of course I do. <laughs> uh, you... I like him too. Yeah. Yeah, you were no, just I, I like Brad show. Pickett. You love Brad Pickett. Yeah. He's really fun to watch. But them as a pair, Brad Pickett and Ian McCall, were extremely fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's because they're so quick, fast. technical, fast. Um, and neither of them were on the defense. I feel like they were both Constantly going forward, going forward, and that's the type of fight I like. They were to see. looking for their shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the. I, I was expecting a little bit more of a slugfest, right? Um, but certainly not going to say that I didn't like the match at all. It was really fast. These are two guys. Um, one that's been in the flyweight division for a while, and everyone knows is uh, um, is an established guy and a great uh, great star, and, and you know, 
once again to be a contender, shall right. we say, uh, with with Uncle Creepy in McCall. And mm-hmm. then Brad Pickett, one punch. Um, he's been so much fun to watch throughout the years. He yeah. was originally in, uh, well, prior to, well, he was in Europe. I remember seeing him fight a couple of times over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Might have been a Cage Rage champion, if I remember correctly. And then uh, WEC star. Um and then uh, transferred over to the UFC. Now, that's all been at bantamweight for the most part at mm-hmm. 135 and recently dropped down. You know, he's had a long career and uh, is, is getting to the point where, you know, he's going for another another weight class, mm-hmm. trying that one, see what uh, what he can accomplish there at 125. And like we see a lot of the stars do. Yeah. Penn just did it. I, I, wish, I wish he'd dropped down a little bit earlier, I think. Okay. Um, I think we probably would have seen more, a faster rise uh, rise of Brad Pickett uh, at 125, but then again, the do you like him better at 125? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I like him better. Yeah, I like him better younger at 125. Okay. That would have been the the perfect combination. If you could there. have Brad Pickett five years ago at 125, that oh, would be your ideal. Cent- forget oh, about yeah. it. That's that that's division yeah. would have been made for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been their Conor McGregor at that point. Yeah, is marketing around one punch. Absolutely. Yeah, they were um, fun though. I I liked Ian McCall's like. S- completely square stance and he'd go in when he wanted and he'd come back and just stand square to him and go in when he wanted. Those mm-hmm. guys are so quick they can do that. Imagine if we saw like light heavyweights or heavyweights trying yeah. to do something like that. It's amazing what you see in these lower weight classes as opposed to the the bit larger ones. Yeah. Did you watch this one? Yeah, uh, awesome fight. I'm fans with of both of these guys. Brad sure. Pickett, fun guy to watch. Ian McCall, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. We came up together in uh, Tashi Palace. He was the champion. Right. Okay. Yeah. When I was making my pro debut. So I was kind of he was kind of always on the radar when I was uh, coming up in the scene, and uh, that was an awesome fight. I think um, I think Ian McCall just kind of had a better game plan for this fight. Mm-hmm. Like just watching him, like you said, he would come in and out, in and out, in and out with the shots. Mm-hmm. He was always moving, mm-hmm. Dominic Cruz style, yeah. Kind of a lot of a people bit, have yeah. been really incorporating the Dominic Cruz thing. That kind of you kind of seen a trend happen over the last couple of months in MMA and UFC, especially with mm-hmm. the Dominic Cruz type footwork. But uh, Ian McCall executed his game plan very well, and I felt that was this Brad Pickett's first fight at this weight class. I believe his yeah. second one. I thought it was maybe his second. Who did he fight last? We're going straight to the know-how. It was his second fight at flyweight. Okay, so either way. I just felt like he was a little bit heavier on his feet, and maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't used to guys at this smaller weight class being able to be so dynamic mm-hmm. in the cage and right. move around so much. Yeah. So he was kind of heavy looking for that one punch or, you know, the <laughs> yeah. combo, no pun. Um, and uh, Ian McCall just executed a, a great game plan. But like you said, those guys are awesome. I love watching both yeah. of them fight. They're so. really entertaining to watch fight. Yeah. We said if there was more swapping in weight classes, uh, he, he would be really fun to watch against uh, DJ. Well, I, I hope that that happens. They've got a, a storyline there where Brad Pickett beat DJ right. in WEC. And, you know, one punch is going to have to uh, – he's going to have to rack up a few wins. But but then again, you've got DJ defending against, to what, number six, Chris Carriasso. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and due respect to him and anybody in the top ten, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, um, it, it'll be a little bit before Brad Pickett. You know, we're talking title matches and rematches with yeah, DJ. Yeah, of course. You know, but Even McCall and DJ, I would like to say. Sure. For yeah, number three. Th- three more rounds of that. Yeah. Or maybe five. Yeah. Never know. I can always hope, right? <laughs> then we have Gunnar Nelson and Zach Cummings. What? And you're cross saying your, you don't know hope. Just cross your fingers. Cross yeah. And this is how you don't get cooties either. Oh. That's what I learned in elementary school. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just saying. And it applies Never to heard the that world, one. of course. Really? Yeah. That's oh. a new one on me. Really? Nobody ever tagged you like, oh, I crossed my fingers. No cooties. 
Oh, maybe they did. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it was along with like jump rope and hopscotch and all that. Yeah. Okay, so we had Gunnar Nelson, Yogi Bear, they call him sometimes. He's so cute. I love him. <laughs> Is that so? He's, he looks like Yogi hey, Bear. Boo boo. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to go to a picnic basket. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and uh, Zach Cummings. Uh, Gunnar Nelson has always been talked about uh, recently as a potential for a huge star. Well, he's an, another of their uh, their stars in the making. Another Conor McGregor, if you will. Yeah. Um, at, at 170. Um, he is so What's calm. your take on him, Alan? 170, that's your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so I watched this fight closely. And um, Gunnar Nelson, he's still, he's still kind of almost... I don't want to label him like a Machida, but he's still almost got that, like, you haven't figured him out yet kind of. Mm. It's kind of that karate mm-hmm. stance that he has, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got somewhat of a an odd um, stand-up, so people are still figuring him out in the stand-up. And obviously, his grappling looks great. The the one time, what's his name, Cummings that went against Zach him? Zach Cummings, yeah. yeah. Zach Cummings was fighting a good fight and doing everything he could. Uh, he shot in on a single. He said, I'm going to try to mix it up. Shot in on a single, made yeah. one mistake, got his head, his neck taken uh his uh um, excuse me um Cummings got his neck taken and then uh next thing you know he was on his back and uh yeah, right. the fight was over a minute later right but the um choke in the uh was it third second excuse yeah, me yeah but yeah no he's a hard guy to figure out man i'd like to see um him develop over a couple yeah. more fights but you can Definitely. see uh between the first round and the second uh, it ended in the second round i believe yeah. correct mm-hmm. between the first round and the second round um I keep forgetting his name. The, uh, Zach the, Cummings. No, the other guy. Gunnar Nelson. Gunner. Gunnar Nelson. Thank you. Sorry for that. <laughs> Gunnar Nelson. Um, he uh, he. I saw I saw his uh, stand up change dramatically between the first and the second round. Really. In the first round, he was still kind of filling it out. In the second round, it seemed as if Zach Cummings couldn't get close to him. He was right out of range, right back in. Yeah. Like the, the punches were just going right by his face. And uh, so it just shows that Gunnar Nelson, over the course of the fight, was improving, was making adjustments. And that's the one thing that I took note on him. I was like, wow, he's really found his range over the first five minutes and the second five minutes. Definitely. And you just saw him kind of slowly start to get closer and closer in the range. And then once he got a hold of him on the ground, it was over. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy to look out for. I feel like so much of this sport is is – in the emotion and in the eye. Like, we've heard Big John McCarthy tell us when he gets in the cage with two guys, he almost knows immediately who's going to mm. win the fight. Because he, oh, really? can, he can see, you know, oh, this guy's scared shitless, or this guy really has a lot of... Con-. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's told us It's about being times. in the moment and who's the better guy at that moment. Right. Really. Or who's more prepared, who seems, yeah. you know, in maybe a better weight cut, whatever the case is. And Gunnar Nelson, I think, is so hard to figure out because he has no facial expression. <laughs> he has no emotion whatsoever when he goes yeah. in there. You saw him walking out. It was like you didn't know what to read off of him. Was he nervous and just being extremely composed? You didn't know. So I feel like when he fights and he closes the distance slowly, you almost feel like you're not in harm's way because he's not coming at you like, you know, aggressively. Mm. I feel like he finds his range in a very sneaky but smooth way right. and really gets in there and has very accurate shots. All business in the cage All there. business. Yeah. He's, I don't a, know. he's efficient with his striking as well. He's not getting tired from doing extra stuff. Right. Very yeah. efficient. He's not, he's not busy with his striking to the point where, you know, we see a lot of guys go in there and they brawl or, you know, they throw a lot of shots. shots. He's not wasting shots. It's yeah, like yeah. you do those drills and training I'm sure you're used to where, you know, Save your right hand. You know, only jab for a minute. You can only use five right right hands. You know what I mean? Because uh, you practice saving your good shots. Yeah. You, you know your power hand. That was almost like what Gunnar Nelson was doing. He was mm-hmm. saving his good shots. Yeah. 
Yeah, both of them were really uh, exciting shows this weekend. I thought they uh, they both delivered, especially with this uh, European show. Again, you saw mm-hmm. uh, it was the you, you got to put the showcase the the spotlight on guys like Notorious, uh, like Conor McGregor, right. Gunnar Nelson, One Punch, and Creepy uh, Norman Park. You talked about uh, earlier. You know, he's a guy that. That gets it. I, I'm, I'm making note about him uh, calling out Diego Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harkening back to our conversation last yeah. week with uh, Mr. Uriah Hall. Yeah. Um, they're the know, kind of guys you like. Yeah, I like yeah. those guys a lot. Yeah. And and obviously so does Dana. Any matchmaker or promoter goes, oh, you want that fight? Good. That's less work that I got to worry about. I don't right. have to solve the puzzle. Let me let me glue it together there. Awesome. You know? and, and who knows how Diego will respond. But, um, we will see. That, sure. Yeah. I mean, like that's the... The drama, the drive of, of the sport, you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that one delivered, and certainly you had some fantastic finishes and fireworks in uh, Atlantic City as well. The yeah. entire uh, main card, I'm looking at the, the Dublin card, only one fight ended in decision, went to decision. Yeah. So we had a lot of uh, knockouts, yeah. a lot of submission victories. Same with the other card, I believe. I don't have the statistics in front of me. but Yeah, and they weren't flash finishes either. You got a couple of rounds of great yeah, action, right. and then you got a finish. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Let's go over Conor McGregor and Diago Brand out featherweight bout uh they both came out extremely aggressive they both are aggressive fighters Mm -hmm. which a lot of the time i feel like the matchup is like you have one more reserve guy that's more methodical and then you have one guy that's like the brawler and Mm -hmm. the aggressive this was not the case i feel feel like they're both very aggressive brenda opened up really well uh in the beginning unfortunately didn't seem like he uh, he kept it going Uh, mcgregor took over pretty fast yeah and uh and, and once mcgregor got him uh got him to the ground um, well, there was, uh, I know Brandau was, was threatening or working for that, uh, leg lock a little bit when they were on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then Conor McGregor, uh, pushed out from that, got up. I saw a little bit of talk, uh, online about, uh, about McGregor grabbing the cage and using that as, as an advantage. When we watched it, we went back and watched, uh-huh. it, I didn't really feel like that was too much of, of a factor. He was, his body was pretty much disengaged. After the with Brendel's body, uh, there was one takedown. The very first takedown, att- takedown attempt, he grabbed the cage. It might have yeah. had something, but it wasn't like a consistent thing. That yeah. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. There's the one he used it to get back up, but he was already on his way back up. It wasn't like they. It wasn't like right. he. I don't think it really it was it to his advantage, right. nor to his yeah. like right. to, to his fault. But right, if it, it was just, to it a point where mm-hmm. it would have affected the the result yeah. of the fight, they would yeah. have said something. But yeah. I don't think it was anything. But to with talk a, f- about. a finish like that, is, uh, as as adamant as it was mm-hmm. early in the first or yeah. midway through the first with those uh, punches to yeah. to Brando, who's just Brando is no joke either. Like, yeah. that no, he's not. I was watching both of them, their old fights in the highlight reel. And it was like they both have knockout power. Mm-hmm. They both are really aggressive. Um, you know, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that decisive of a win, but it was very interesting and entertaining. Uh, Connor won via TKO in the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. That Irish crowd went crazy, insane, and it lasted like yes. minutes after the fight. And I was just waiting throughout for, the whole show. Really, yeah. the whole show is crazy, guys. Here's your plug for Fight Pass once again: nine ninety nine at ufc.com mm-hmm. or TV. Excuse me, it might be .tv. But, look, uh, Macau uh, from earlier this mm-hmm. year, uh, Brazil matches, Ireland, these are the shows that you want to see. When you talk about an influx of way too many shows, a lot of the best matches are outside the U.S., and you catch them at Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. It is worth your investment if you're a real UFC and MMA fan. Right. That's my plug. There's That, that was a great <laughs> plug. There's so much UFC, and there's, there is a lot, but it's also giving the opportunity for so many newcomers, so many rising stars, like the one we have sitting right here, mm-hmm. to get their chance. And it's, yeah. it's a matter of, 
you know, do they take these opportunities on these smaller cars to get themselves to the bigger ones? So. It's a chance for them to get used to fighting in the UFC, get rid Definitely. of the UFC jitters. Mm-hmm. And when that big show comes up, be it in, what, February with the Super Bowl show right. or Memorial Day. The New Year's Eve uh, show. New Year's Eve show right. or it's one in the summer, 4th of July. July. Well, they said as of now, they actually don't. The only card they have scheduled for December is December 6th. Mm-hmm. They said they didn't have a New Year's Eve show. Yeah, because they'll take a break and then the well, the New Year's Eve, the end all or the, the year end show will be January 3rd, technically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that would be why um, there's but, only one uh, Yeah. There, there's the argument for more matches. Speaking of for, which, I have to add this in real quick. Uh, they are rumoring that Gina Carano may face Ronda Rousey on the December 6th card if the contracts are signed. Oh. It's a rumor. I don't know anyone that trains with her or anything I think it's a good, sitting on our couch. I think, it's a good, <laughs> I think it's a good business decision, but if yeah. I was a fighter, I'd be a little upset about that. I would, I would be, If too. you were a witch fighter. A fighter. If I was Gina, A-fighter. I, I wouldn't. A female I think- fighter. I think it was a few- <laughs> the only yeah, <laughs> I mean, the other female fighters would be upset, right? Just in yeah, general, maybe, I mean, anybody just kind of coming in after a five-year layoff and, not, and losing in her last yeah. fight. Um, it, it, I see that. However, the two fighters involved, Gina, don't get me wrong, Ronda. I, that's what I say. It's a it's a great business decision. Yes, it is. It's, the, it's yeah. I mean, you're not going to lose money off that off that card, off of that fight. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it you're going to make your money huge, back by I'm signing sure. her. Yeah. Now, when is Cat uh, booked? We were Amanda September twenty seventh. September twenty seventh. Yeah. Is it September twenty seventh. Yeah. I okay. mean, I thought Zingano was going to be next for Rousey, but mm-hmm. I guess if they make this deal, then obviously you know you got to wait and see. Carano. If Wait. I was Carano, I would. I I don't know how her mentality is, but I would kind of be like, all right, let me get a few under my belt first. You know what I mean? But maybe she wants the big shot right away. We Who should knows? talk to her and find out. We should talk to her and find Gina out. Gina Carano should call us and explain this and see. Uh, Give us a little bit of information on, on where she's at and how she's feeling about things. You know, <laughs> she hates interviews. She yes, does. that's very true. Too. She does. She does. Like, you're right. She hates interviews. She hates the press. She hates she's the media. Not the most vocal girl, is she? I love Gina, so I don't know. I don't want to hear. Anything. I met her. She's <laughs> nice. I had to do so. She's really nice when I met her. Mm-hmm. Gina was had my heart before. I mean, not that Rhonda has my heart now, but Gina was like when I started training. Not that she doesn't. She was the first. Yeah. She was the first uh, female fighter someone showed me. They were like, oh, my God, you know, check out this chick. And they yeah. sent me a link. And I actually was supposed to go to her fight in Dallas, Texas, the one that it was supposed to be her last fight, but her last fight was Cyborg, and mm. she pulled out of the oh, other yeah. one because of an oh, injury right. I got or you. whatever. Um, so I was supposed to see her, and I never got to see her live. So if she fights again, I'll totally be at that card. I did see her versus Elena Maxwell in the early oh, did you? Force. Yeah, oh, okay. That, Back in the day. You know what? I mean, we're talking about uh, hot houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're talking about Big Nog in Brazil, yeah. GSP in Montreal. That's another one. Um, I'm sure. her, her and Elena uh, blew the roof off in San Jose. At the Shark Tank. That was really a fantastic I'm sure. match. And that was probably 07 or 08 or so. Yeah. But, and, uh, she, yeah. I mean, Ronda Rousey's huge now, but she still doesn't have all the crowd on her side. Gina Carano was always a crowd favorite. They never had anything to hate her for. But the whole crowd has an opinion on Ronda. And I think, frankly, right. my opinion is that they will. she has them whenever she wants to have them. She is, uh, yeah, she I agree. is a, a master manipulator. Okay. She's, I agree. She's all fantastic. Right. Queen of the mind games there. Um, I give her all credit. She's an intelligent that. girl. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. real quick before we move on, who would you put McGregor up against next? Um, 
We talked about this. I don't know. Did they make the announcement yet? Not officially. No. no. Seemed like everybody was uh, suggesting Dustin Poirier. Yeah. yeah. Do, but real quick, do you think he's all hype or do you think he's he's going to be the guy? McGregor? I've never seen them hype so much, somebody so much who hasn't fought in like Bellator right. or Pride or Strikeforce. Not, not probably since Brock. John's not even Joan. I think jo- Jones, they kind of groomed him, but the guy's got three fights under his belt. Mm-hmm. Even before his last fight, he was still like build as the guy i've never seen a guy get so much hype from somebody who doesn't have that much experience that in, in the big in the, in the pride and the strike force they'll they'll hype no, these they guys you know him. he was a name in europe he no but, but i'm saying like it's usually the pride guys who they hype it's usually the strike force or the bellator guys who they hype i've never seen them hype so much guy kind of like a it kind of can work against them but i mean honestly I, yesterday i didn't see any flaws in them i, I don't think I, I i don't agree that they that those are the ones that they they hype. That it's well, only guys that are already established. Well, I never seen a guy get hyped so much that wasn't from there. Ultimate Fighter guys. Yeah, they plug a lot of Ultimate Fighter. They, they, in years past, they've given them many chances and, and built them up. You know, well, as much I- as Connor. Uh, yeah. Well, they didn't have the same vehicles, uh, TV wise, as uh, as they have now for right. Connor. But yeah. when you talk about the first season of the of the tough cast or uh you know bisping mm-hmm. after he won uh he got a lot of uh, a lot of hype and and spotlight on him right well um, it's const- that's yeah, the whole this... thing it's constantly changing we have yeah. new shows coming out and new ways of marketing guys these days mm-hmm. um we were the talking about is... it with you a little bit how how it works now like yeah. how is it that you get on that radar yeah yeah no it's it's an interesting subject like i, I was saying earlier me and my manager were trying to figure it out for quite a while because yeah. I recently just got signed, but before then, um, you know, I was on a six-fight win streak for a while, had a loss, and then I thought maybe one more good win would get me in, and then I got two more good wins, and then I still didn't get signed immediately. It took mm-hmm. it took a couple of weeks, but right. Uh, yeah, right now it seems it's just kind of like get uh, stay ready. It's kind of like the pretty much that's that's the formula to get into the UFC. Yeah, right. Train your butt off, win your fights, and stay ready because they're gonna call you on on a short notice all the time. Right. You can't expect to get signed and then say, okay, this is the fight we're gonna build for you. You're gonna have a three month training camp. Those days are kind of long gone. Mm-hmm. Right now, ninety percent of the guys making the UFC debut are doing it on short notice because they were ready. They got the call and they took a fight on short notice and they stepped up. Whether so it was fill in, or... fill, get filled in, exactly from right. injury yeah. or whatnot. You yeah. know, let's backtrack a little bit here. Um, let's talk about your background. Definitely, Alan. You uh, for 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 uh, full disclosure, Alan and I go back a little bit, known each other for a few years, training mm-hmm. at Legends MMA, mm-hmm. and um, I watched watched this guy come up. Through the ranks between uh, small, small little gym shows doing Muay Thai and uh, amateur MMA, through uh, Tachi Palace and some of the local, the regional pro shows. You've been with RFA for approximately two years. Am I right? Um, three and one with them, I believe. How many fights? Have? Four fights with them. So okay, yeah, about yeah. a year, year and a half. And uh, you know, you've. Chris, you've trained under Chris Riley from Muay Thai and Eddie Bravo, Tenth Planet. Um, those those were the guys that you, you correct me if I'm wrong. You really started with them, you would say. Yeah, right? no, they built me. They built me yeah. absolutely. And and both of them have have been speaking, uh, have pinpointed you, you know, from day one as the guy that can go the distance. You know, um, so given this, now you've got you're you're at Black House now. You've been training Black House and Tenth Planet as well. Still, um, you're on the cusp of this 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 match this uh, this debut. You're about to hit the stage. 
And we actually had one of your uh, teammates as well not too long ago, Brian Ortega, also in a very similar situation as yeah. you. Yeah. Went through the RFA and, uh, and you know, signed to the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about your, your thoughts on that jump to, uh, to the show. Obviously, you've been through uh, the, the journey that you've been through. You've always had your head on straight, and, and it's been a very straight, uh, straight shot. But uh, Is your preparation is different? Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny that you say that because, um, and I'll touch on what you just brought up, but as far as the preparation different for the UFC debut, um, it kind of is. And I didn't think, I don't know what I imagined, but I imagine, I know that all these years that I have been training, I've been, I walked into a gym about nine years ago and Mm -hmm. I made my pro debut about four years ago. So I kind of said, you know, um, that, you know, I was going to do this 100%. I'm 32 right now. So I knew that I didn't have a. A, a large window you know some of these guys when i was in the amateur ranks were fighting amateur for three four five years which right. um which is great and the, the the developmental portion but me i knew that like i didn't want to be fighting amateur at 30 years old 31 32 i wanted to do one year of amateur get in a pro and start making a name because you know at the end of the day you want to be successful not just have a belt on your wall but you want to make money mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, definitely it, it Absolutely. takes a while so um so I wanted to get at it. But um, as far as preparation for the UFC debut, uh, I've been training my butt off. I've always had my head on straight uh, over these years of training. But now that as soon as I got the call for the UFC, it's like it just clicked, man. And I realize now that um, right. when you see these, sh- these shows, these countdown shows, and these guys are training, you don't know how they're editing it. I give them that. Hmm. You don't know if they're editing it where they make it seem like these guys are training five times a day. Right. It's not realistic. But when I would see them train, I would always sit on the couch and watch it and think, holy shit, I need to go train. Because these guys are doing <laughs> these guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do this. And guys I'm watching it. TV. Right. Like, I'm not pushing cars up hills. I better go, you know, I'm not, I don't have a gas. <laughs> like, whatever they're doing, I need to do because. And so, you know, I thought for a little bit, it could be halfway the magic of TV or whatnot. But no, once I got the call, my training, and it's more like I was kind of touching on earlier, it's a mental thing. Since I got the call, it's like every single training practice, um, every training session that I go to now. It's um it's not just going through the hour and a half of doing it. It's like putting a hundred and ten percent effort into every single rep, mm. and it's just everything breaking you do. everything you do. And it's just mentally very draining. But it, I I see the difference. It's like all of a sudden, it's like when you get your not that I'm a black belt. If if you get your black belt, all of a sudden you're not better than you were five minutes ago. But mentally, you have to be on the next level. Very every true. role that you go through, you can't let the guy get an armbar because you're a black belt now. You have to figure out a way that situation you have to be yeah. on point every single role right and once you get the call to the big show it's like that's how you feel like your training has to go as well you need to go into the gym and lead by example and and show the guys how much effort you put into every single rep and this is something something that me and my manager aj we touch on all the time and it's uh, it just goes back to like sports psychology which we're really getting into now that mm. i've been progressing in my career and it just it's that it's don't think about a training camp as a 10-week cycle and think about from A to B, you just need to think about every single day, what's my training session this afternoon, what am I going to work on, how am I going to improve it, and then look at it every day. I kind of do it like it's a, like it's homework. I look at my training over the week now, and I assess it, and I see uh, how many takedowns did I get in wrestling practice today, hmm. how many takedowns, uh, takedowns am I going to get next week, how much am I improving wow. every single week. It's, um, you know, you're breaking it down like a Facebook fan page or something. I don't know, right, what, to, right. I don't know what to compare it to. But that's what we're doing now. We're literally kind of doing it like it's an equation. We're breaking everything down, going harder every time, trying to improve upon every step. And um, I've seen my training camp just 
just take off. I mean, I'm, I'm really? getting so much better, so much faster, but it's a lot of stress and it's just a lot of, it takes everything out of you. You know, you're not just showing up at the gym and somebody yelling at you and you're doing it. You're pushing yourself every, um, every repetition. So, it's a um, blessing and a curse, right? It is. It is. Call. And so that's why, uh, not to backtrack too much, but we're talking about Donald Cerrone taking six fights and he's, you know, he's the guy right now and it just shows how, how strong he is mentally and how comfortable and confident he is that he yeah. can put himself through all that right now mm-hmm. right. and continue to do it. Um, I'm sure it, when guys get to the level of Donald Cerrone, they've figured out the equation. Like you're saying, you go uh, back and forth with these logistics. I'm sure he's done it, you know, several times in the past couple of years. And now he has it down to a point where it's comfortable. And I feel like every fighter probably gets to a point similar to that. I'm sure you're, you yourself will. This is your UFC d- debut, though. So it's like, it, it's, it's this a is big the deal, one. Yeah. Right? And, and fortunately, I, I, I like to say, I remember... Jay mentioned that one of the Muay Thai guys that, that were brought me up was uh, Chris Riley, uh, he, the, the owner of Legends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's one of the guys that helped build me. And he used to say back in the day when we were doing Muay Thai that everybody has like a number that you get to where it just kind of clicks. And mm-hmm. our general number for the gym was 10. We would say 10 smokers, you're ready for your 10th, for the, you're ready for your first amateur fight. 10 amateurs, mm-hmm. you're ready for your first pro fight. And so on and so on. Oh, wow. And it always kind of clicked. We'd have a, you know, it just, it seemed around nine, 10 or 11 fights. Somebody would just kind of yeah. go to the next level. And, uh, yeah, this was my 11th fight. And I feel like my, le- my, la- my last fight uh, I'm referring to with RFA was my 11th pro fight. And, uh, it was the most, I felt everything clicking as far as the wrestling. Yeah. Right. Just, you know, being aw- aware of everything and, uh, just in time as well, you know, getting the call with the UFC. Do you feel like you're going to need to deal with the jitters? That is one thing that I, I, I'm very aware of. Um, mm-hmm. be, being that my opponent, Seth Pasinski, uh, it's like his 10th fight in the UFC. Yeah. So they're not throwing me a legacy guy. You know, it's yeah. not like me and another up-and-comer that are going right, to meet. Right. I'm fighting right. a guy that uh, he was he on was the on Ultimate tough. Fighter. Mm-hmm. Tough guy. Uh, he was uh, 10 fights in the UFC. He just fought Tiago Alves. He's He's been all over the place. So... Um, He's uh he's not going to have jitters and he has a pretty good gas tank and I would yeah. say his biggest asset is that he's mentally very tough. You know, okay. he doesn't get discouraged when he gets outstruck yeah. or doesn't get discouraged when he gets taken down. He finds a way. So um yeah, that's his biggest asset and me coming into the UFC the first time, I'm curious to see, you know, what those jitters feel like. You hear about them all the time. You hear right. about the adrenaline dump. So um, I'm I'm anxious to do it. You know, I'm just what I've been doing. I've been stepping up my cardio even more, which I didn't think was possible, but yeah. right. just to try to um, be ready for it in case you know I do get a drilling done. What um what mental preparation? You said you work a lot with that. What mental preparation do you do? Visualizations. I know a lot of camps do that. What is your real mental preparation for this fight? Um, I do visualization, and uh, what I used to do is I used to every fight I would get, I would print up a picture of the guy, yeah. and I would put whatever's in my head at the time, whatever's ringing, whatever's making sense. Mm-hmm. And I would put some quotes and I would just look at it every morning to try to motivate you. But I kind of found that that was after a couple of days, it's like you're just looking at the same picture anymore. Like it's old. So yeah, it kind of, it kind of wasn't working. So now really what I was saying a while ago about the uh, sports psychology is I just try to better my report card every time. Okay. My weekly, whatever I did last week, I said, okay, you know, I got this guy down one time. I'm going to get him down two times today. Okay. Last time I couldn't work, I couldn't run the pipe on him. So I'm going to go for, you know, a high crotch, whatever it may be. I'm just, I'm always just kind of like breaking down my performance 
and uh, trying to better my performance in that, you know, in, the, in wrestling or Muay Thai or whatever right. it is. So it's that's very statistical, kind of, it sounds. It is. And when you do it that way, I feel like that it uh, that's what elevates you the fastest. So, okay. So this is kind of – I'm excited about it. We've been doing this, me and my manager, for a couple months now. And okay. it's been – like I said, I've been seeing – I've been seeing the progress, and uh, my coaches say they see the progress. It's and, like self-awareness. Uh, it's like knowing what you're doing, acknowledging right. it, and changing it. It's like the numbers don't lie. You right. know, you might exactly. think, oh, is he, is he working hard? Yeah, he's working real hard. He's busting his ass in the gym. But if you're kind of taking note of what you're doing, how many how many liver kicks did I land this week? How many takedowns did I get right. on this one? You know, and then I compare it week to week. You can't always beat, but you'll know what the numbers are. So okay. that's how I do it now, and you know. Yeah. Breaking it down to mm-hmm. a science, you know, it's not the old days of the boxing. You know, MMA is kind of an evolved combat sport. Right. So sounds like you're ready. That's where we're taking it. Does. it. Yeah. You ready? It sounds like you're ready for the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, four weeks out, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to home in, like pinpoint all these little, the things. little things. Because exactly. I, I'm a big fan of it. The little things add up to the big things. So yeah. it's like it all adds up. Exactly. Day by day, session mm-hmm. by session, put everything together, and then when it comes down to the fight. Don't think about the knockout at the end. Think about every small execution mm-hmm. during the fight that leads up to the finish. Would so. you say you're more of a wrestler or a striker? Or? Striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, been a striker. Started off in Muay Thai. I did Muay Thai. I had like 10 amateur Muay Thai fights or smokers mixed in. <laughs> um, and then I went into MMA. And uh, that was kind of my one weakness was my wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was uh, I, I fought for the RFA welterweight title against Mike Biggie Rhodes. And he pretty much out-wrestled me for five rounds. And uh, that's when I made the switch to Black House. Went and started doing wrestling with Kenny Johnson, uh, Bolt Wrestling. He's well known, and he works with Machida and, yeah. and pretty much all the Black House guys. And and he's just kind of one of these uh, like testosterone, you know. It's he's just a like, classic wrestler. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. He comes Kenny in for a couple of years, drinking a Mexican Coke and eating <laughs> a cupcake and yelling at you. And but man, he's a he's a great coach. I mean, like. I'm clowning around, but he's he's really he just he's he's mastered the art of coaching. He makes it simple and MMA uh, applicable. You know what I mean? We're okay. not learning all kinds of crazy stuff that doesn't apply to MMA. We're learning how to get off the cage and how to take you down and then ground and pound you and beat you up. And uh, like I said, the my last fight that I had with him, I, I fought Ricky Legier, uh, who's I don't know. He's got like 30 fights or something. He was King on a cage veteran. Yeah, he's been he's, a vet, he's been around for a long time. Veteran. I think he, he hadn't lost in like four, five, or six years when I fought him. And wow. he's a and he's a wrestler. He's like a California state champ or something. So it was supposed to be like my my Achilles heel type fight. And if I beat him, I get to go to the UFC. So obviously I won that fight. But I told Kenny as soon as the fight was over, I was like, "Where were you two fights ago?" Because hmm. uh, you know this is what I needed. Mm. So um, he's he's been one of the missing links, and, yeah. and along with some other camps, my Muay Thai. That's awesome, and it's it's so important. There's all there's a lot of wrestlers, obviously, that have developed into the UFC and the MMA world in general. But it really is a skill in itself, taking wrestling and making it MMA wrestling. Yeah, because a lot exactly. of stuff in wrestling. I mean, you, you look at a takedown, you're like, oh my god, I would just knee you in the face or so on and so on. <laughs> but it, it's incorporating the wrestling into the MMA. And I, I think Kenny Johnson's well known for that. Yeah, he's very good at. He's very good at taking guys like me and turning them into, if not wrestlers, anti wrestlers. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Machida, Machida, having that having, yeah. being very hard to take down. Mm-hmm. Good point. Let's talk real briefly to. Uh, we got a, f- a few minutes. Um, you've talked so much about. Uh, I'm sure in, in past interviews about the dual career that you have. I find it fascinating. Yeah. That here, I listening think. to uh, you're, you're taking this career seriously or the, at this point of your career you know so seriously and breaking it down to an academic science mm-hmm. um not what you would expect from a model 
from a fashion model that sits there and just gets paid to look pretty. I know. And that's what you did for however many years before, uh, as you were getting into the game, and uh, that was your that was your side gig. Yeah, and it still man. is, man. I still do it. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because the last the last RFA that I did, I told Michael Chavello, you have the meeting with the the commentators before mm-hmm. you go out there, and we always have the. I've fought with them numerous times. We know each other well, but I told him I said. Mike, do me a favor, man. Can you just say Alan Joban, the model or former model? Can mm-hmm. you stop saying the male model? <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time I do, he's like, beautiful head kick by the male model, and, and it's just I was like, it's just too Zoolanderish. People. Yeah, it, it puts a weird stigma in people's heads. People are always going to relate me to Zoolander. <laughs> and I didn't like, even think about that. Come to think of it, that's yeah, how much we go like, back. I was like, I'm telling you, man, just say model, and it's just going to be like, oh, okay, the guy was a model that's weird or like it, i can't i know you know that many model mma fighters whatever right. anyway so he did me the fair i thought he was gonna butcher me up for making that <laughs> comment, he did me a good one i appreciate it mike um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's been it's been tough man i've been uh it was something that i fell into i i grew up in louisiana i was a country boy yeah i was really a bad kid man like when i hit 18 i completely changed but i was really kind of a troublemaker as a kid and then uh, I got offered a modeling contract walking the mall one day. and Because uh, that's in, what happens to bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it, it sounds kind of far-fetched, but I got offered to move to New York and do some modeling. And next thing I know, I went from Lafayette, Louisiana to move to New York, living in Manhattan for two years and doing modeling. And then wow. that kind of took me wow. from there to to um, Miami and then ended up here in L.A. And, uh, and yeah, and it was just something, you know, it was, it was a cool career. And like I said, I still do it and I still make money from it. But it was something that the whole time I knew that – like I was still searching for myself. I still knew. I still mm. knew that like there was something inside of me that I was trying to find out. And then I walked into a Muay Thai gym. Yeah. And I was like, "This, this is, is it. it. This is right. it." And thank God. So does it raise your stock now. any now? I mean, it's got it now. You're a UFC fighter. We'll see, man. We'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. So I'm not. I'm, I'm hoping. You know, if it helps. I mean, if it helps endorsements or sponsorships, then yeah, then that would be great. You know, play um, it up. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. What's his name? Sexy Yama back in Japan. Oh, yeah, Yoshihiro Akayama. Yeah. I don't know. Sexy Yama. I don't know how well he does, but <laughs> he's, you know, he was doing it a little bit. But, yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's definitely tough to juggle him these days, you know, um, now that the fighting has escalated to this level. Mm-hmm. And that's all I pretty much focus on. Right. Going to a job, you know, a commercial or a photo shoot or whatever it may be, it's tough to kind of, like, get the yourself. mindset. It, like sure. I said, it's because it's such a mind thing. I'm in this crazy mindset analyzing my my training all day and then I go and I have to uh, forget about that and just be like this casual friendly guy and, and uh, you have to avoid temptation to punch out the photographer <laughs> yeah you know makeup I mean? person like get off me right right <laughs> you just have to be very friendly and whatnot and just not think about fighting for a couple hours so yeah. I guess two different tough. worlds it's two but, I'm, op- but I'm sure worlds. with all this promotional work you'll be doing with the UFC maybe the two worlds will meet and maybe you'll be doing some like I don't know MMA gear modeling. <laughs> he might be on the cover of the next video game. Next video yeah, game don't cover. Doubt that. I would love that. <laughs> no, honestly, you know what? I, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think that I think it was meant to happen because I'm supposed to be here today. I, I always knew that I was like going to be a fighter. I just always knew it. I didn't figure it out till later in life. But I kind of take it as preparation. Things like like me on this show today. This is learning for me. I, I want to get better at interviews. I want to get better at speaking in public. I want to get better at. All these type of things. And I think modeling and acting, uh, even though I wouldn't say I'm a great actor, but all this stuff, being in front of the camera and speaking to people all the time kind of prepared me for this. And I'm hoping it continues to prepare me for what's to come in the future. Definitely. In L.A., there are quite a few 
fighter actor models. I mean, not on a high scale like you, but it's it's all creative. No, I, I've gone to auditions and been and I sit down on the couch and Josh Barnett's sitting on the side of me and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we're auditioning for the same role. <laughs> you me? Yeah, you see it all the time. That here is in so LA. funny. All the time. You and Josh Barnett. What role yeah. could they both play? We were. It was like a, a human being. <laughs> or a fighter, for that matter. Hey, a UFC fighter. Yeah. They both are. Uh, real quickly, let's see. Uh, August 18th or 16th? 16th. 16th. August 16th. August right. 16th. Do you know, are you on, uh, well, I'm guessing the, the prelims are you on Fox Sports 1 or uh, Well, I, I got confirmed for the prelims. So I don't nice. know if that's Fox Sports 1 or the Fox Sports 2. The first prelim is on the internet, and then the rest mm-hmm. are on Fox Sports 1. So, so it's on Fox? Are you the first Or fight? Fox Sports? I'm on the... TV prelims. Okay. Nice. Okay. Okay. Fox Which is Sports great. One. So yeah. is, is it Fox Sports One prelims and then Fox Sports One main event? Yeah, okay. I believe so. Yeah. So Fox Sports One, yep. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it's against Seth Bazinski. It's in Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine. First time they've been there. First time a lot of people have probably ever been. first time you've <laughs> yeah. probably been there. Yeah. I think it's Dana. I think Dana White possibly he grew up there. Grew up near there a few so years. That, yeah. That's kind of part of it. So. I'm excited to be there. I'm excited they're yeah. not sending me the China for my first <laughs> UFD Definitely. Debut, so. They would love Definitely. you, dude. Let me tell you about that. Hey, there you yeah. go. So the Asian market. <laughs> so, yeah, it's cool, man. It's about four weeks out. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm on point and super excited for it. That's well, very we cool. We wish you the best of luck. We will be cheering you on. I was at Tap Out in downtown LA the other day, and I saw little posters that said, come watch our teammate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh they for the viewing party. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah, a yeah. viewing party for you at your gym. That's awesome. There you go. If you're in LA for my fight, August 16th, go to Tap Out Gym downtown LA. Downtown, downtown LA. Also, ta- um, sorry, 10th Planet headquarters, and uh, they're going to be a big viewing party. Projector screens, food, drinks. So I'll All be there. Kind of good after stuff. Uh, after Uriah Hall won, he called in. Feel free to call in after you That's win. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, after he won, yeah. he called in. Like two yeah. days, like three days later, he called day. in, talked about it a little bit. We'd We're love here to have every you call Sunday, in. so call in. There you go. He's probably like me. He doesn't sleep for like two days. After, <laughs> after fights, probably. So. Yeah, yeah. Probably. He said he was back training on that on that broken toe. Yeah. Any plugs you want to get in before we leave? Um, if you give me one second, I actually came organized today. Now he's pulling it up on his his phone there. Okay. I meanwhile, have I have it right here. Go. Can I go? Yeah. Real quickly, because my manager has got this organized for me. Helmer Guidance, IA Robotics, Event Apparel, Perfect Fits, Alpha Biotic Balance Center, Biology. Biologics, Cryotherapy, Lexani, Revgear, Spike22, Pilgi, and New Breed Nutrition. All my sponsors. Thank you guys for all the support. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Go ahead. Well, look. Uh, University of MMA comes back. I got visuals here for you. <laughs> August 24th, Tommy. Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Tommy Aaron's on the on our bill uh, here. Club Nokia. Tickets are now on sale. And also, you can buy... Is This Legal by Art Davey, uh, the story of the very first UFC by the guy who created it. Also available online at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and Ascend Books. And by the way, Mom, you were the last one to watch TV, so I have no idea where you put the remote control. Sorry. Uh, follow me on Facebook, G. Hermosa. Follow me on Instagram, G. Hermosa. I'm a fun guy. You are. I'm not, I don't mean mushroom either. Really I don't mean a mushroom. I'm, I'm a fun guy. You are. Follow, guy. Me, on, follow me on Instagram. You'll see what's up. Uh, Daria B28 follow me Instagram Twitter uh, you can see me on one of the soon U of MMA cards with Jay Tan we don't know which one That's yet right. but I will be fighting soon uh, tune in next Sunday we have an extremely special guest someone oh, yeah. who was part of the creation of the UFC so tune in to see us live we didn't let the cat out of the bag right there did we no not at all <laughs> could have been Dana Wyatt Lorenzo Fattar yeah, any sure of those guys be. no you couldn't be <laughs> 
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.